following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. We have been in this series called Life Together, and I've got to tell you, it has been a real blessing for me to preach this series. I've really enjoyed it, and it was one of those things that as Matt and I were doing some sermon prep at the beginning of the year, to say, where are we going to go? We found, like, we, we found this through a, um, the seminary I went to, around Lent and Advent, they produce products that you can buy into, and, you know, they'll give you Lent, here's Lent sermon series, and it was $10, and it was one of my professors I really enjoyed, and it was great. I bought it. I was like, oh, $10 is $10 well spent. And I've used like none of that. It was just a great, like, got my brain juices flowing. And in fact, there have been a couple like, you know, working on my sermon, having the text Matt going, so I'm changing all the readings for this week that we had gotten from this plan so long ago. But what I've realized about this plan is it got us going in the right direction to say, who are we as Narrative Church? There's a temptation always for us to think about church as the place we meet. Now, I would say less for narrative because there aren't many churches around the country that have microwaves strategically placed around the sanctuary. Um, You know, we have some benefit. And I've talked to friends who pastor large churches and friends who pastor small churches, friends who pastor medium churches. And here's what I know. All of us have different things we struggle with. All of us have things we're good at. All have places we need to grow. My argument will never be one church is better than the other, but instead to say churches across the spectrum are meeting people where they are. And if we can rejoice in that fact and say, hey, this is the church in its multitude of expressions. So here at Narrative, one of the blessings we have is it's not easy for us to get tied up in a building. Because here's the huge blessing. If one week we walk in here and the air conditioner's not working, I don't have to come in the next week and go, so we need $50,000 to fix this air conditioner. I just call Round Rock go, your AC's out, and then hang up the phone. I have a nice conversation. Stephanie, the lady at the Round Rock, I say, we're good friends. So we'd talk, we'd catch up. But I'd say, Stephanie, we're like, AC's out. So we have a chance in some of our life together, some of the bigger struggles that churches with established buildings and those kinds of things could struggle with are not the things we struggle with. And so what I like about this idea of life together is it allows us to rejoice and say, listen, there's a church, what we call the church universal. You might say the capital C church. That if you're reading something and church is capitalized, we're talking about all people who believe that Jesus has died for their sins and has brought them back into heaven. That is the church universal. But we narrative, small c, church, the local community, what does it mean for us to share life together? Our first week, we had this question. As people of the resurrection, what do we do together? Where are we called together? How do we live together? If you want, if you ever want to dive deep into the idea of the resurrection, and, and I mean like we're talking steak and potatoes, 
um, there's a guy named N.T. Wright. He's an Anglican, um, and he wrote a book called Surprised by Hope. And it's one of those books, I don't know if you've ever read a book, and you go, I just read two pages, and I know there were words there, and that I read them, but I have no idea what I just read. And I'm not talking like you're confused, but more just like there was so much information packed in two pages, you got to go back. N.T. Wright is like that, incredibly worth the read, but this is not the like, my book of the month is Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. It's like, listen, keep your book of the month because N.T. Wright's going to be your book of the year, right? You're just going to go, I'm going to take a break from you, N.T. I'll come back. But his book, Surprised by Hope, talks about the early church and its deep belief in the resurrection. That is the second coming of Christ where there will be a new heaven and a new earth and we physically will be resurrected. So if we live as a, live as a people to say, one day Jesus is coming again, we'll be physically resurrected How do we spend our time now? Next week, we dove into the idea of identity, that that is the foundation of who God says we are. And I gave you a bit, and listen, this this sermon series is stretching me because I'm not like a mnemonic memory device person because my dad is. And I don't know if your dad's a pastor, but when you follow in his footsteps, there are certain times I was on the phone with a friend the other day and just had to like cleanse my palate because I realized Pastor Al was coming out of my mouth. And he, Dad is an incredible preacher, but he was really good at like sermon illustrations and these little things. Like I can tell you still to this day, listen, you need to take care of the big things in life first because the small things come alongside of it. The big thing being Jesus and what he's done. And I know this because if you put in a bunch of pebbles, the big rocks won't fit into the vase. But if you put the big rocks in first, the little rocks shuffle around it. And I know that because Dad used a sermon illustration at one point. And as I get older, I go, oh, maybe there's a reason he used those sermon illustrations. And so as I talked about that identity, I want us to remember the idea of crossing ourselves. This isn't some holy, like, all right, I've just finished the magical incantation, and I move my arms like this, and then magic happens. But it's the reminder of saying, I'm a friend of God, I'm chosen by Him in my baptism, and I'm called to love Him and love others. It's that simple. I'm a friend of God, I'm chosen by Him in my baptism to love Him and love others. And then last week we talked about story. Now a lot of you weren't here because you were on a retreat, which is awesome. Just a huge blessing. I'm so glad that retreat went well. For those of you that were on spring break, I'm so glad you got a chance. But for those that were here, what they found out is you all owe me a video of how God's at work in your life. I assigned homework. No one did it last week, so don't get overly worried. We talked about how do we tell story? How do we talk about what God is at work doing in our lives? And we said, listen, God wants us to share that story with others who know him or are disconnected from him. Because he gives us this identity, and that identity tells us that we're to share who he is with others, both for the encouragement of the saints, for the body of Christ here, but also to share with those who are far from him, to say, this is what Jesus is at work doing in my life. Now, what we want to do is we want to share those stories during worship. So when I said, like, make a video, like, I'm not kidding. 
And if I don't get any soon, I'm just going to start calling people. So watch out. <laughs> Everyone block Pastor Ted's number. <laughs> but here's the idea. is The idea is that like once or twice a month, I'd love for us to say, here's what God is at work doing in my life. And this isn't about like, look at how great you are. But listen, when we hear what God is doing in other people's lives, he is at work in that moment. Revelation tells us to fight spiritual warfare, to overcome the devil. The saints do that by the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus has done, and the word of their testimony. And testimony is all about saying what God has done or is doing in your life. So we'll talk more about that. But those things all lead up that these, this life together builds from us asking the question, if we're resurrection people, okay, how does, how does that work out as, as us gathered together as a people? How do we express that? It's the foundational identity that God um, is my friend, he has chosen me in baptism, and I have purpose to love him and others. That I'm to tell my story, that we together as narrative are to tell our story of how he is at work. And then this week, the question is, so what do we do with that? What do we do with all that knowledge if we're resurrection people, if we have identity given to us? We don't have to search for it. It is a gift from God. If we look and we say we're to tell our story, okay, now what do we do? I've shared before, I'll share again. My favorite preaching professor, the way he talked about it, he said, what does this mean for me on Monday? The idea being that, you know, Sunday is our time to come together to step out of the weekly process to come together. So what does it mean for me when we dive back in Monday morning? When we wake up and we're back at it? So I want to read again 1 Peter, and then I'm going to kind of pull apart some pieces of it. So Peter writes, and he says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded, for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him, belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we're just going to walk around those verses a little bit. So first, it, Peter begins here, he says, the end of all things is at hand. Well, Peter, you seem to be a little off, because 2,000 years later, the end has not happened. But this is the, the Christian idea um, of, of right now, but not yet. Right now, we are living in the kingdom that's to come, but we have not yet fully realized it because Jesus is coming again. Peter wants to keep that sense of urgency that it is coming quickly. And so he says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. I love that earnestly. Keep loving one another earnestly. Not like force yourself to love. Not like push it, but saying, love each other earnestly. Do it out of a heart that, that is seeking to love others. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I love earnestly and without grumbling because what Paul 
or Peter knows as he writes this, is that there's a temptation for us as humans to do the things of God going, he told me to do these things, so I have to do them. And then we're, you know, so I'm going to do it. You know, have you ever had that moment? Committed to something and then decided you want to decommit, but you can't decommit, so you just grumble about it? Just me? Okay. The call is to show hospitality. Now think about hospitality. They can be little ways, they can be small ways. Hospitality is that act of welcoming someone in to your home, to your business, to um, a friendship, to a place. That hospitality, we often look and say there's a hospitality industry. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is saying, can you welcome people into your life? Can you show them that love of being welcomed? Maybe that's a physical thing, into your home. Maybe it's just in relationship with someone at work or someone you know, connected to the league your kids are in or whatever it is. Show hospitality. Um, I don't know how many of you watch Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso's newer TV show, it's, it's in its third season now, um, based off an old Super Bowl commercial that the joke was, what if a coach from the Dallas Cowboys was hired to coach Premier League soccer? So going from American football to European football, and how funny would that be? And then somewhere along the line they said, what if we made this a sitcom? Now the thing about Ted Lasso, in the day and age where there's so much around us that is dark and heavy, there's been this light-hearted kindness that is present. And I've really enjoyed the show, but I've watched it kind of grab some zeitgeist in the culture as a whole. And the other day, as I was preparing both for this and for men's breakfast devotions, it hit me. There is, in our culture, a longing for a kindness, for a compassion, for a love that looks past the harm that is done upon someone to say, no, I am kind despite other people. I love despite that other people do not show me love. I love and am hospitable, not because I have to be, but because that's who I want to be. And I sat there and I was like, this is who we should be. That when God calls us to serve, when he calls us to love, it is because the radicalness of his message says that we are kind, we love, we are hospitable to those people who have earned it in our lives and those people who have not. To those people who would show us kindness and to those people who would not. That the transformation of who we are as Christians, should take root so deeply that we are growing in that aspect as we go. And sometimes it's hard. <laughs> and now look where Peter keeps going here. He says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Um, for men's breakfast yesterday, we were in Romans 12, and there's another list. Same idea. To serve 
in the ways of God. And he adds more. Those who are prophetic, those who teach, those who exhort. God has given gifts to you. And there's this double-sided temptation. One side of the temptation says, I need to use my gifts because if not, God will not love me. Or there's the other side which says, who cares? I'm not going to use my giftedness because what does it matter? But what I invite you into the tension of is to say, God has gifted you not for the purposes of just being gifted, but for the purposes of saying, love and show hospitality to your neighbors. Several times yesterday the phrase was said, do everything as unto the Lord, as we walked through Romans 12. Your work, your relationships, your friendships, all those things. The gift you've been given is that whether you are doing the dishes or leading a meeting at work, whether you are mowing the lawn or selling to the new client that you, you need this account, whatever it is, whatever position you are in, the gift you've been given is you get to do it for the glory of God. That as he invites us in, his love for us shines. And Peter says, keep loving one another earnestly because he says, listen, you were first loved. What does this do on Monday? What it means for us is if, if we ask, how are we resurrection people? If we live with this identity given to us, if we step out and say, I want to share my story, it means we love and serve people where they are, whether they're kind or not. That we step out and serve others because it's for the sake of the Lord and the joy we find as we grow in this is to say we do this because God first served us. And so the big question, the big challenge, I guess, for this week that I want to give to myself and to all of you is find a way this week, next week, for the rest of your lives. What is one act of service you can do for someone else? Start there. What is one thing you can do for someone else? How can you serve someone else? Because earlier while I made a joke about saying, oh, I have to do this because God told me to, Sometimes, to love earnestly, we start with the action, and the earnest follows behind. Can we do it without grumbling to say, you know, I'm going to love this person because I'm going to watch what God does in my life, in their lives. It doesn't matter. I want to see what happens. Because the joy we have is we love our neighbors, not for our sake, but for theirs. That the joy we find in our identity in serving others is that our salvation is taken care of, so we get to rejoice in that service to others. So this week, and again, this is not this is not a single like this week you checked it off, be like, I did what Pastor said, don't have to do it again, service done. No, this is this is the challenge. Each week, start by finding 
one way, that would go out of your way. Not something that you go, oh, I already do this. But to really step out and say, what is a way I could serve another person? could be simple, could be complex, could be anything in between. But the Lord has called us to love one another. And He has gifted you for that reason. Let's pray. Lord, open our eyes to see where you are calling us to serve. Let us rejoice in your good news that you tell us who we are. That you have opened our lives to the blessing that you give. Lord, each day as we wake up, may we wake up in that identity that you have placed on our lives to tell the story of who you are. And Lord, pull us into loving one another, into serving others. That we as a community, when we say that we live life together, one way we do it is by serving those around us. I ask that you would open our eyes to see who you are calling us to serve this week. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.